Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is the Horror Shots Podcast. Hello again, and welcome to another Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. Now, last week we talked about the origins of Halloween and what it meant to the ancient Celts. They called it Samween, Soween, Samhain. Any one of those will probably do, depending on the dialect and where you're talking about in the British Isle. And we will get into some more of the origins of Halloween on this cast, as the History Channel actually put out a nine-piece part on the origins of Halloween. So it's my lucky day. It saves me a lot of research. I've read over this and it's very, very interesting. And I will get into that in just a minute. But first, some housekeeping. Everybody's favorite part of the podcast when I go over all the shit I've done in the past, oh, I don't know, week, I guess at this point. As always, you can find me at my website at horrorshots.com. If you are in the Guelph area or the surrounding areas of Greater Toronto to the west, so like Guelph, Waterloo, Erin, Georgetown, anything in there, look up my website and book a time to shoot with me. Recently, I've been really getting into the horror photography, so to speak, so that's a lot of makeup and themed shoots, and if you'd like to be a part of that, absolutely feel free to book a session with me. And if you mentioned that you did hear it on the podcast, you get a nice little discount. Eh, who doesn't like a discount? Furthermore, if you go onto my website, again, that's horrorshots.com. I can't plug this enough. Horrorshots.com. You got to say it three times for people to understand it. I think that's the third time I've mentioned it. If you go there and go to the store, you can select some prints, digital, poster size, regular, everyday prints. Uh, there's some other home decor style stuff on there as well that you can check out. And if you like any of those shots, feel free to make a purchase because every little bit helps. And you get something pretty cool out of it as well. It's also a little sale going on right now, 5% off of everything, which is literally the highest I could give you. I don't know why, that's just what the manufacturer said I could do, so that's what I could do. On top of that, on top of that, if you do like anything in the store, the first person to message me, either through the contact form on the website, or through Instagram, or Twitter, or email me at horrorshotspodcast.com you get one free print i'll send you any print on my website or my instagram feed at horrorshots photography that you like on the house on me you get it absolutely free so again that's horrorshots.com hit up the store section or any of the galleries i have on there right now or on my instagram feed tell me which picture you like and i will send you a poster size of that picture plain and simple but i think that is it for the housekeeping so on to the cast at hand so today we're going to look at part of this history of halloween i'm going to do a little bit of a recap and talk about samween again or soween as some would say it and then we'll get into some new stuff so let's get this ball rolling shall we halloween is an annual holiday celebrated each year on october 31st and halloween 2018 occurs on Wednesday, October 31st. It originated with the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain or Soween, when people would 
light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as a time to honor all saints. Soon, All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Soween as well. The evening before was known as All Hallows' Eve, and later, Halloween. Over time, Halloween evolved into a day of activities like trick-or-treating, carving jack-o'-lanterns, festive gatherings, and donning costumes while eating sweet treats. And the ancient origins of Halloween date back to the ancient Celtic festival of Soween, as I mentioned on the last cast. The Celts who lived nearly 2,000 years ago in the area now known as Ireland or the United Kingdom and North France celebrated their new year on November 1st. This day marked the end of the summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain, when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to Earth. In addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for the Druids, or Celtic priests, to make predictions about the future. For people entirely dependent on the volatile natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort and direction during the long, dark winters. To commemorate the event, Druids built huge sacred bonfires where the people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes, typically consisting of animal heads and skins, and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. When the celebration was over, they relit their hearth fires, which they had extinguished earlier that evening, from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the coming winter. By 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory. In the course of the 400 years that they ruled the Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with the traditional Celtic celebration of Samhain. The first was Feralia, a day late in October when Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. The second was a day to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Pomona is the apple and the incorporation of this celebration into Samhain was probably the explanation for the tradition of bobbing for apples that is practiced traditionally again on Halloween. All Saints Day. On May 13th, 609 AD, Pope Boniface IV dedicated the Pantheon in Rome in honor of all Christian martyrs, and the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day was established in the Western Church. Pope Gregory III later expanded the festival to include all saints as well as all martyrs, and moved the observance from May 13th to November 1st. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread into Celtic lands, where it gradually blended with and supplanated the older Celtic rites. In 1000 AD, the churches would make November 2nd, All Souls Day, a day to honor the dead. It's widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday. All Souls Day was celebrated similarly to Samhain with a big bonfire, parades, and dressing up in costumes as saints, angels, and devils. The All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows or All Hallowmas. From Middle English, All Hallowemas, meaning All Saints Day. And the night before it, the traditional night of Samhain in the Celtic religion, 
began to be called All Hallows' Eve, and eventually, Halloween. Celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England because of the rigid Protestant belief system there. Halloween was much more common in Maryland and the southern colonies. As the belief and customs of different European ethnic groups as well as the American Indians meshed, a distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties, public events held to celebrate the harvest, where neighbors would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes, sing, and dance. Colonial Halloween festivities also featured the telling of ghost stories and mischief-making of all kinds. By the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivities were common, but Halloween was not yet celebrated everywhere in the country. In the second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants. These new immigrants, especially the millions of Irish fleeing the Irish potato famine, helped to popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally. Now we're going to get into some trick-or-treating. This sounds interesting. I've always been somewhat curious about the origins of trick-or-treating, even though I kind of had an idea, but I want to make sure this was official. So this is kind of an exciting part. Borrowing from the Irish and English traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house-to-house house asking for food or money, a practice that eventually became today's trick-or-treat tradition. Young women believed that on Halloween they could divine the name or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple parings, or mirrors. In the late 1800s, there was a move in America to mold Halloween into a holiday, more about community and neighborly get-togethers than about ghosts, pranks, and witchcraft. At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day. Parties focus on games, food of the season, and festive costumes. Parents were encouraged by newspapers and community leaders to take anything frightening or grotesque out of Halloween celebrations. Because of these efforts, Halloween lost most of its superstitious and religious overtones by the beginning of the 12th century. By the 1920s and 1930s, Halloween had become a secular but community-centered holiday, with parades and town-wide Halloween parties as featured entertainment. Despite the best efforts of many schools and communities, vandalism began to plague some celebrations in many communities during this time. By the 1950s, town leaders had successfully limited vandalism and Halloween had evolved into a holiday directed mainly at the young. Due to the high numbers of young children during the 50s baby boom, parties moved from the town civic centers into the classroom or home, where they could be more easily accommodated. Between 1920 and 1950, the centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was also revived. Trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share the Halloween celebration. In theory, families could also prevent tricks from being played on them by providing the neighborhood children with small treats. Thus, a new American tradition was born, and it has continued to grow. Today, Americans spend an estimated six billion dollars annually on Halloween, making it the country's second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. Soul cakes. I've never heard of soul cakes before, so this is another interesting part for me. The American Halloween tradition of trick-or-treating probably dates back to the early All Souls Day parades in England. During the festivities, poor citizens would beg for food and families would give them pastries called soul cakes, in return for their promise to pray for the family's dead relatives. 
The distribution of soul cakes was encouraged by the church as a way to replace the ancient practice of leaving food and wine for roaming spirits. The practice, which was referred to as going a-souling, was eventually taken up by children who would visit the houses in their neighborhood and be given ale, food, and money. The tradition of dressing in costume for Halloween has both European and Celtic roots. Hundreds of years ago, winter was an uncertain and frightening time. Food supplies often ran low. And, for the many people afraid of the dark, the short days of winter were full of constant worry. On Halloween, when it was believed that ghosts came back to the earthly world, people thought that they would encounter ghosts if they left their home. To avoid being recognized by these ghosts, people would wear masks when they left their house after dark so that the ghosts would mistake them for fellow spirits. On Halloween, to keep ghosts away from their house, people would place bowls of food outside their homes to appease the ghosts and to prevent them from attempting to enter. Halloween has always been a holiday filled with mystery, magic, and superstition. It began as a Celtic end-of-summer festival during which people felt especially close to deceased relatives and friends. For these friendly spirits, they set a place at the dinner table, left treats on doorsteps and along the side of the road, and lit candles to help loved ones find their way back to the spirit world. Today's Halloween ghosts are often depicted as more fearsome and malevolent, and our customs and superstitions are scarier too. We avoid crossing paths with black cats, afraid that they might bring us bad luck. This idea has its roots in the Middle Ages when many people believed that witches avoided detection by turning themselves into black cats. We try not to walk under ladders for the same reason. This superstition may have come from the ancient Egyptians who believed that triangles were sacred. It also may have something to do with the fact that walking under a leaning ladder tends to be fairly unsafe in general. Around Halloween, especially, we try to avoid breaking mirrors, stepping on cracks in the road, or spilling salt. Other kind of nonsensical superstitions. But what about the Halloween traditions and beliefs that today's trick-or-treaters have forgotten all about? Many of these obsolete rituals focused on the future instead of the past, and the living instead of the dead. In particular, many had to do with helping young women identify their future husbands and reassuring them that they would, someday, with luck, by next Halloween, be married. In 18th century Ireland, a matchmaking cook might bury a ring in her mashed potatoes on Halloween night, hoping to bring true love to the diner who found it. In Scotland, fortune tellers recommend that an eligible young woman name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace. The nut that burns to ashes rather than popping or exploding, the story went, represented the girl's future husband. In some versions of this legend, the opposite was true. The nut that burned away symbolized love that would not last. Another tale had it that if a young woman ate a sugary concoction made of walnuts, hazelnuts, and nutmeg before bed on Halloween night, she would dream about her future husband. Young women tossed apple peels over their shoulders, hoping that the peels would fall on the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials. They tried to learn about their futures by peering at egg yolks floating in a bowl of water, and stood in front of mirrors in darkened rooms holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husbands' faces. Other rituals were more competitive. At some Halloween parties, the first guest to find a burr on a chestnut hunt would be the first to marry. At others, the first successful apple bobber would be the first down the aisle. 
Of course, whether we're asking for romantic advice or trying to avoid seven years of bad luck, each one of these Halloween superstitions relies on the goodwill of the very same spirits whose presence the early Celts felt so keenly. So that was everything that the History Network had discovered in their search on the origins of Halloween. I really liked that whole article for a couple of reasons. It was very well written, and it worked really well for a podcast. It was written in more or less word usage as opposed to like an essay or a uh, research piece. So I really found that interesting. And there's a lot of good information in there. And it was almost the perfect length, to be completely honest. Now, I'm not done with Halloween. Obviously, there's still another, like, six weeks before we get there. But I'm not going to do everything on just straight origins and histories and traditions and superstitions of Halloween. No, I thought I was going to go into a little bit more of maybe horror movies. The origins of, say, Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers. There's a new Halloween movie coming out this year, which I mentioned, I think, last podcast that I'm very, very excited for. So who doesn't like a good, scary movie, especially around Halloween? And if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you really kind of dig that sort of stuff. Halloween plays such an integral role in the creation of horror. There's so many events in movies and literature and entertainment in general that focus on the Halloween holiday or traditions. And I want to look into those a little bit more as well. So look for a very broad spectrum of podcasts coming out in the next five to six weeks, up until the Halloween podcast itself, which will be on the day before Halloween, on the 30th, I believe, is the Tuesday. So hopefully I'll get something very good up there. But until then, my name is Casey, and I will see you next week.